I spent the next two years of college focused on acting. After my terrifying demonic experience the year before, I needed a break from magic. The stage had been the only place in my life where I felt I could blend in, using characters to direct my feelings with completely different circumstances than my own. I fortunately continued my relationship with my amazing Wiccan friend, and I still occasionally consulted the tarot, but I didn't use the Ouija board or hold elaborate ceremonies anymore. I moved out of the dorms and into an apartment in Harlem with a classmate. At the start of the semester, I met and fell in love with another classmate. It was a hopeful and romantic time. I did very well in college, proving to be a pretty good actor. Though my talent was highly regarded by my teachers, I privately fought with deep insecurities that inhibited my emotional range. My best performances were playing characters that were sarcastic, witty, or repressed. But when assigned a character that was overtly sexual or openly love-struck, I would shake with anxiety. I would come off as rigid and cold, or sometimes even mocking. I was crippled by irrational feelings of shame. I couldn't let go the way I wanted to because I had a phobia of vulnerability in my real life. Throughout my teenage years and my 20s, I felt emotionally underdeveloped and immature compared to my peers. I was often flooded with feelings of guilt and self-loathing. Jealousy and anger would rage inside of me. I'd disassociate and act as if there were no consequences. I didn't know how to maintain relationships because I didn't know what there was to like about me. I didn't know how to bond outside of magic, and I found myself in a lot of juvenile messes. I would obsessively walk through the harsh parts of my childhood, succumbing to surges of intense emotions that filled me with very dark thoughts. It seemed I had no control over my internal life, as if my body had normalized the trauma, and now I had to forever pretend it wasn't there. I blamed myself for my mental weakness and told myself I would just grow out of it at some point. Turns out that's not how it works. While I was in college, my relationships within my family remained difficult. I hated going home. My mom's sister and I would get into screaming matches, leaving us all crying and deeply hurt. I felt extremely loyal to my mom and would beat myself up mercilessly after these fights, for now we had the added pressure of death. In the same year as the divorce, my mom was diagnosed with chronic congestive heart failure, a disease that has a high death rate within five years of diagnosis. So compounded by her other health issues, she should have been dead by the time I was 25. Thankfully, she beat the odds and is still alive today. But those initial years were awful. She had taken to predicting her death, believing it was better for us to be prepared than have it come as a surprise. Every time she would offer a new potential timing, she made it very clear that we shouldn't feel sad, as it is an inevitable process for us all. I'm certain this was her way of softening the blow as well as preparing herself for the possibility. But knowing 
that she could die at any moment only added to my inner pain. I still have a habit of saving her voicemails. At the same time, I wasn't talking to my dad. He was gallivanting around the world with his new wife, a woman I had barely met and who didn't seem too interested in me. Though my brother also lived in New York, we didn't see each other much for no other reason than we didn't know each other well, but that was in a way sad too. My acting program was a blessing during those years. After college, I booked a couple gigs performing Shakespeare. I had broken up with my classmate about six months before, and even though I was the one who ended it, I was still reeling from the heartache. I didn't realize that I was also dealing with depression. I used my usual coping mechanisms to deal with the pain, alcohol, and one-night stands. I was living with my classmate during this time, and my energy ended our friendship and my living situation. Let's just say, hurt people hurt people. And we had to go our separate ways. Over the course of my 20s and even into my 30s, I was served many hard lessons about relationships. It took me a long time to understand what it meant to be a good friend and a good partner. I manifested a studio apartment only blocks from where I used to live and spent the next six years totally living on my own. It was a vibrant time in my life. I waited tables in a beautiful music venue and got swept up in the New York City nightlife. This was the height of my drinking. There was rarely a morning without a painful hangover. I felt young and beautiful, enjoying glamorous nights out and fancy clubs and restaurants, meeting new and exciting people with amazing lives, and partying after hours with my coworkers at the bar down the street. I had just landed a new agent and felt confident that I was finally going to get my big break. It was only a matter of time. But by my mid-twenties, I still hadn't landed a significant role, and I fell deeper into depression. I was learning the hard lessons of naivete and the realities of older men dating younger women. My drinking problem had worsened, and I would find myself randomly reading people in bars or at social events. I had stopped holding their hand and had progressed to imagining the emotional transaction happening directly between our hearts. After a significantly painful breakup, I finally got control of my drinking. I bought a juicer on Craigslist and made myself a green juice every morning. I went to a free meditation class and tried to let my thoughts go. I would practice once a week or so, but didn't understand what I was supposed to be feeling, so I dropped it for a while. I was still dealing with my depression. My mood swings had become even more pronounced. I'd often lay in bed and just let myself cry about my relationships, my career, and my parents. I entered back into therapy, which was helpful, but I still couldn't figure out the root of my pain. Why was I so mentally weak? Why at age 28 could I not control my emotions or stop obsessing over my childhood? Getting a handle on my drinking also freed up a lot of feelings and inclinations toward magic. I started signing up for mediumship meetups, where I could formally practice with other talented mediums. 
This is where I really got to see how far my psychic ability could go. In the next episode, I'll talk about my experience in mediumship circles, my acting career suddenly taking off, the relationship that gave me permission to be a psychic, discovering a major source of my suffering, and being called to heal through ayahuasca. But for now, we'll go on to the fours. The fours in the minor arcana tell us of strength and establishment. When you pull a four, there's a stabilizing energy provided by the element of the suit. Numerology labels fours foundational and grounding. They begin group two, making the stabilizing force a continual process. The Four of Wands represents the foundation for success. You've created or established something that can stand the test of time. This could be successfully buying a house or enjoying a wedding celebration. You may have implemented positive changes or simply feel excited for the future. When I pull the Four of Wands in a reading, I know the person is feeling happy about their decisions, ready to build from here. Something positive has established itself for the long term. They may have secured property or signed a lease. They may have made improvements that create a better environment for growth. When I pull the Four of Wands in my own readings, I know I'm going to feel good about my surroundings. I may decide to add something to my home or rearrange to refresh the energy. I could attend a celebration or have a reason to celebrate. The Four of Cups represents high expectations and a dissatisfaction with what's available to you. Your standards have risen, but your options haven't. You're trying to control your future by grounding yourself in what you feel you deserve. When I pull this card in a reading, I know the person is feeling depressed and dissatisfied with their life. Nothing feels good enough for them, and they've probably passed on a few options, maintaining their standards but prolonging their rut. They may be stubborn and stunting their overall goals, or they may have certain criteria that need to be met before they feel safe to open up. When I pull this card in my own readings, I know I'm not happy with where I am, but I'm currently not getting any better offers. Though I'm not ready to commit to anything unless it proves to be the best option, I should try not to stand in my own way either. The Four of Swords represents a pause in a conflict for the foreseeable future. There's been too much upheaval and confusion. You need to take a break and let your mind settle before you can come back to the problem. You may be totally burnt out, needing a vacation or a hiatus. When I pull this card in a reading, I know this person has hit a mental limit. They are taking some time to themselves to process. There's no answer yet. They could be suffering from major problems in their relationship, family, or career. Wherever the issue is coming from, they're mentally tapping out for the time being. When I pull this card in my own readings, it's usually because I'm kicking a dead horse, so to speak. I have to let go of the confusion in order to process the truth of a situation. I've exhausted myself and all other options. I need to take a break and let reality sink in. 
The Four of Pentacles represents monetary or personal security and accumulation of profit or resources. You may be making enough money to start a savings account or receiving extra funds like a bonus. This card represents holding on to what's most important to you. When I pull this card in a reading, I know the person is protecting something valuable to them and maybe even securing more of it. They could have made investments that are paying back in large amounts, or they could be receiving funds that increase their wealth and well-being. This can also indicate possessive behavior. When I pull this card in my own readings, I know I can expect an increase in something. I could be holding on to money, putting it aside for future use, or receiving more funds than I was expecting. If I've lost money, this card tells me it will be replenished soon. Continue practicing the last exercise, and I hope to see you at the next episode. Blessed be.